I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Hello, friends. Today, we have the pleasure of sharing with you an interview with one of my friends. I have known Anna since we were in a speech and debate league when I was in high school. And we have stayed connected through social media over the years. And she has shared a lot about her experience being a military spouse and having to relocate you know on a pretty consistent basis to different communities and now to completely different countries um she and her husband are currently stationed in canada anna brings a really interesting perspective to the need for community and friendship with her own personal story of having to move so often and kind of start over and I feel like it's hard enough as adults to really create intentional true meaningful friendships it just seems daunting to me to be wrapping my head around having to restart every handful of years or so Anna has a great perspective on this and she does a really really good job of sharing the harder aspects of it but also some of the positives of you know, the adventurous life of getting to travel and see new places and meet new people. Anna is super fun. So I'm excited. Let's jump in. Well, hello, Anna. We're so glad that you are joining us today. Thank you. So am I. Thank you for asking me to be on your podcast. I've been super excited. We're excited. This is going to be fun. So just before we kind of jump in to what we're going to be talking about today, I was wondering if you would just give us kind of a little window into your life, to your family, and kind of what you have going on. Uh, so I am married, and my husband's name is Daniel. We've been married, let's see here, just a little over five years, and he's in the Air Force. So we're living in Belleville, Ontario, which is about two hours outside of Toronto. Uh, so, uh, we love it. It's really rural and quiet and cozy and on the water. And, uh, we've been out here for just a little over a year or so. And of course it's been a unique year for everyone. So it's been a really unique time to kind of get integrated into a community and get to know, uh, people. So that's been kind of interesting, but also like a really good growing experience for us. So what has brought y'all out to Canada? Yeah, that would be Daniel's work. So he's in aircraft maintenance, and this is considered what they call an exchange position, which is a little unique in the sense that usually when you're living overseas or even anywhere around the U.S. as an Air Force family, you are at a U.S. Air Force base. Mm -hmm. But here in Canada, it's unique because he's at the Canadian Air Force base. And so he's working as an exchange officer with the Canadian forces, which is kind of something they do between uh, the U.S., Canada, Britain, a lot of allied countries. They'll exchange uh, different officers. So that's what brought him out here. The opportunity popped up. We were living in California 
And uh, it was a last minute move. <laughs> we packed up and we're out the door within about six weeks of finding out that we were going to Canada. So wow. it, seems, it seems like that would be a big difference too, right? Yeah. I mean, culturally, I think uh, Canada was less similar and is less similar to the United States than we anticipated. Seeing as we're neighbors, we thought that the lifestyle would be really similar. So I couldn't quite tell if, if the cultural shift was the difference between countries or between like West Coast, East Coast. I've never lived on the East Coast until now. And this isn't Ontario, according to Canadians, isn't even East Coast, but it sits above the East Coast of the U.S. So I think of it as East Coast. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a big cultural shift. Also, we were in the Bay Area in California. So, you know, about like an hour outside mm -hmm. San Francisco, 30 minutes from Sacramento. So it's extremely populated. Um, tens of millions of people, you know, live in California. So uh, which it's like a small country. So then suddenly being in Canada where the entire population of the country is smaller than the population of California, it was quite a switch. Yeah. Do you guys have any idea how long you'll be in Canada for? So this is our longest assignment. Yeah, we'll be here for just right around like three, potentially three and a half years, usually nice. assignments. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited. It's uh, the longest assignment we've had yet. So it's, from that standpoint, we're, we're really thankful because it means that then you actually have the opportunity to build relationships and friendships in a different way. Yeah, that's really cool. One thing that is fun getting to chat with all three of us is we have all lived in Colorado. And so we all have that in common. And I know um, that gives kind of Elizabeth and I, I personally don't have experience with the military, but living in Colorado Springs, I feel like I had a lot of friends that were in the military or, you know, you're just kind of mm -hmm. around it to some extent. Like when we moved, we are just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And so when we moved out here, it felt different because all of a sudden that like part of life was gone. Like there is no big mm -hmm. military base here. And we were just used to that being around us. Um, but I can't imagine like being married to someone in the military and moving mm -hmm. around as so much, you know, and just moving from place to place. What are some of the positives and negatives you've experienced with the lifestyle? Oh, I really appreciate that question. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it just because a lot of people don't ask about the negatives and the mm. positives. I feel like it's usually one or the other. People are like, it must be such an adventure. And then others are like, oh, it sounds awful. You know, and it definitely, the truth is usually a combo. So the positive would be uh, the adventure of it. I have to say the opportunity to live different places and to experience uh, communities and neighborhoods and just cultures because even within the continental United States, you have such a vast array of, of cultures and subcultures. So that's been one of the major positives. Uh, and then probably the negative is also the adventure, but it's the unexpected portions of the adventure, the unexpected mm -hmm. um, difficulties. Uh, for example, I think uh, I thought it would be easier to, to make friends than it has been. And I think that that's something that I would prepare other spouses for um, would be that friendships take time. And when you don't have a lot of time, you just have to make a really concerted effort to be friendly and to invite people over 
and to be the person to initiate the friendship. Uh, and so I feel like uh, the answer to your question would on both be the adventure of it and the unexpected aspects can be really exciting. And, but the, they can also be a little overwhelming if you aren't prepared for the level of energy it's going to take to be able to maintain relationships and to build friendships and community in a really limited timeline. But in a way, I feel like, like when I think of the military, it would be really hard for me because I think I would get in my own head. And in a way, when, like, if I knew I only had a year, I think personally, I would be like, well, why should I even try to make friends if it's just a year? You know, like that would be really challenging. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, you are so spot. <laughs> like, I I really appreciate that you said that because that's that's very much me. I'm a very mm-hmm. outgoing person in many ways, and I always have been. And yet, I am also a very invested person. So when I don't feel like you said, Natalie, like that, I can invest in uh, relationships. I get kind of discouraged and feel like, oh, well, like, why would I? Because I'm going to be moving or like after I move, am I really going to have the money or the time to fly back and visit? Uh, You know, and and you kind of, it's easy to get caught in your head. I did that our first, the first place we were at um, in Nevada and Las Vegas was not a place I wanted to live. So, um, I was really disappointed when I heard that we were moving there and that's the first place we lived at right after we got married. And I was not eager to make friends because I knew we'd only be there just shy of like two years, but I became intensely lonely and, uh, I actually ended up having so many people and I'm really grateful that God showed me love in this way that he, kept putting people in my life that made an effort and and invested in me when I was really not reciprocating. And then finally, I just got lonely enough and worn down enough. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but like, really, they wore me down with kindness um, that I, I was like, okay, fine. And those were the best friendships we've had to date were the friendships we had in Nevada. Um, And that's consequently, I think the biggest reason why it ended up being our favorite place we ever lived. So people, other military spouses and non-military people showed me that it was worth it to have friendships, even if it meant that in a practical sense, we only got to walk like this small part of our journey and lives together. Um, that was a hard lesson, I have to say, or, or not even lesson, because I don't think what I was doing was wrong. It was just a helpful insight. Like I don't fault myself because I think I wasn't wrong for, for being nervous about investing in something I would lose. I, I think that's really natural. But um, but I'm thankful now that I have learned that it's worth it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you feel like social media and, you know, opportunities like Zoom and Skype, has that made it easier to stay connected? Or has that really, has it really been for you like you've left the environment so like the friendships have sort of been left behind with it? Or do you feel like you can pull some forward with you? I can pull some forward with me for sure. I am not as much into like FaceTiming or Zoom calls as much as I am uh, into like uh, just traditional phone calls or social media. So I definitely have to say, I think Instagram has been fabulous just since by nature, it's a, 
it's really easy to stay connected on Instagram. And I feel like um, I actually find it a lot friendlier than Facebook. <laughs> yes. So uh, I think Instagram has been great for keeping in touch with people and being able to see what's happening in their lives and vice versa. I have like one set of friends. I think they'd be just fine with me mentioning their names. I know they would be Nathan and Haley who we knew in Nevada and without fail, they like and comment on every picture and you, it sounds so small, but I have not seen them in person in four years now. And the fact that they take the time to still like, comment and leave a little note it it actually has allowed us to maintain a friendship literally across the continent uh so yeah i would definitely have to say that uh social media and technology is huge uh and and one of the best parts about just being able to stay in touch not just in the military but certainly for everybody over this last year well hearing you talk about that like do you feel like 2020 has almost like leveled out the playing field in a way, like, you know, like hearing you talk, I'm like, well, you're right. Like, it's like all of us now this year are kind of being forced to live more like that. Yes. Okay. It's so funny you'd say that because I have a friend and uh, she's married to military and she's actually living in Alaska. So every time I complain and think I live somewhere rural, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm not in Alaska. And it, I don't, I, she's not even in like Anchorage. I want to say it's like population 200. Like that base has an evacuation plan. If you lose power for like an hour, you have to leave on a helicopter. So it's intense. But she was the one, the reason I mentioned her is because she was the one that a couple of months into 2020 shared something, I think it was on Facebook, but she was like, now everybody knows how military spouses feel. Like suddenly you find yourself in a place where you have no friends, no family and nowhere to go. And I, at first I was like, oh, it's so funny. But then I hate to almost mention that because it makes us sound snarky. And I don't, I don't ever think that like military has like some corner on suffering or anything like that. There's a lot of advantages as well to the lifestyle, but, um, but yeah, I think it really has leveled the playing field. I think, um, I think for me, it's given me empathy for people. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how fortunate I was to live in some really incredible places. Um, We've been stationed in really desirable locations And I was not empathetic towards people that were stationed in undesirable locations. And uh, I think because of everything that we experienced in 2020, it helped me to realize that I have like benefited from all kinds of amenities in my life, um, whether it's even simple things like Instacart or uh, like, uh, community activities, nice big library to do and visit in order to build community or just have a like free activity or something to do and places to go. And, and some people that are really rural bases, they don't even have that. So like, they may not have a big local library. They don't have coffee shops to meet people at. If you're in the middle of nowhere, um, there might not be church options. You might have one, maybe two churches. So Take your pick. They may not even be churches that are a community that you would normally be drawn to. And yet that's your option. So I think it's given me empathy. Yeah. So we have a 
a military base. I mean, it's, it's a little ways from us. It's probably three hours mm-hmm. from us, but it's in Clovis, New Mexico. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I Google all the worst places and then I pray against them. <laughs> I, think, I, feel oh like maybe that one, I feel like maybe that one has a, um, a uh, reputation yes. for being the worst. Because oh. it's like out of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, you guys, I literally have looked at that. And then Daniel, every once in a while, he freaks me out where he'll try to get a rise out of me by being like, oh, we could end up there, even though. Thankfully, I don't actually think his career field would take him there. And I always panic. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Please, no. Yeah, there's some, I want to say like Barksdale is pretty tough too. I want to say, is that in Louisiana? Um, There's some pretty, there's some pretty rural ones. Yeah. Yeah. How funny. I heard someone say, I don't know if it's true, but like there's some sort of a rule that you can't get stationed there more than once. Really? People won't go back or something like that. (laughs) They'll get out of the military. Well, you know, it's funny (laughs) because the military, you have to be so flexible and it's uh, so much of the, just the job by default is based on like honor and commitment that I feel like there's a certain level to which you're like, okay, we must accept that this is what we're being asked to do. But I have definitely heard from people that they've actually had to tell their commanders like, if you send me there, you need to be aware that my wife is going to be like, we're not re-upping. Like, if we go there, then it's done. And that they've actually been like, okay, we'll send you somewhere that's better. Just because th- there is only so much sometimes that you can mentally and emotionally handle, yeah. especially with children. We don't have children, but I've definitely heard that where people have said, like, if you send me there, this whole Air Force thing is done. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I I guess I didn't even realize there were places like that. (laughs) Hearing your reaction, I'm like, wow, like it really can get bad. It can. Well, I can't believe there are there are bases where the population surrounding that is like 200 people. Wow. That's it. And sometimes like including the base, it's like maybe 500. So and certainly bases with like missile silos, things like that. Like they, I want to say like the closest town sometimes we're talking like three hours. So they have like a little bodega maybe, but not even a full grocery store. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Be so challenging. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I think they started to, this is kind of an aside. You might end up cutting this out, but little anecdote is I think for some of those bases, they started counting them as deployments. So mm-hmm. if you went to those bases, then potentially you didn't then have to go on an additional deployment. And actually, Nevada's like that. There are certain areas of Nevada where if you're sent there, even though it's in the U.S., it's considered a deployment because it is so unpleasant. Yeah. Do you feel like it's easier? I know you said you haven't been stationed. This is like probably the most rural place you've been stationed. Is it easier to connect with fellow military families? Or do you think, do you sort of like find a church and get, try to get plugged in there? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, uh, normally what it looks like if you're in the States is, yeah, if you have a full base, you kind of have a built-in community that you can Mm -hmm. connect with. There's the, um, Airmen and Family Readiness Center. There's key spouse groups. There's a lot of options for you. Uh, but I also think anywhere that you are, one of the best places to get connected is church. And I think, uh, just because again, 
you're going to have the opportunity to meet a lot of people. And I think a lot of people that aren't in the military, which I think is really healthy if you're in the military, is to have other friendships outside the military. Uh, That's going to be like really, really healthy for your soul so that your whole life isn't the job and work. Uh, And then, but here in Canada, yeah, I would have to say that our church, Parkdale, uh, is Parkdale Baptist. And we aren't even traditionally Baptist, but it's a great little church. And uh, before everything closed down, we had a couple of months where we got involved there. And that was a great way to meet people. I felt like that's the first place I met multiple Canadians that were just super hospitable and friendly. Some were Canadian Air Force, others weren't. And that was great. And then as far as like getting to know other military families, I would say that uh, the Canadian forces have been really hospitable. It's been difficult for, you know, this last year to have anybody over to host them to your house or have get togethers. But I feel like we're really fortunate in that Daniel's a boss, the major that's uh, above him. He and his wife have done everything they could like to host us or to have us for like an outdoor picnic or go for a walk. And that meant a lot. Uh, And so of course their experience is different because they're uh, with the Canadian Air Force, which actually looks very, very different from the U.S. Air Force. It's very different. So they have had a different life experience, but can relate you know, to the moves and they've lived yes. in the U.S. because they did the exchange position in the reverse. Um, and then as far as other military families that are out here from the U.S., there's only a couple. So I think by default, we all became friends <laughs> just because yeah. I, even though it's, again, it's Canada, we're neighbors, Canada in so many ways is similar to the U.S., same language, Uh, many of the same stores. I mean, this is not like being in a traditional like overseas assignment, but more than I expected, I was immediately like wanted to have friendships with other Americans. Mm -hmm. And I I think that was interesting for me to experience myself. I think I thought I was like more adventurous than I am, but it was just, I think by default, we ended up um, really like developing those friendships quickly. And then we were really fortunate. The other family that's out here, uh, his wife, Morgan Noller, was a key spouse of the year for the entire Air Force. So like honored in DC. So she's like phenomenally um, outgoing and hospitable. So she really made a lot of efforts to be a friend to me which oh. I did not make towards her. So I was, <laughs> you guys, I'm a bad neighbor sometimes. <laughs> so I'm like, you're like asking me this as if I'm good at this, but actually I've just learned from other people being really kind to me. So. Yeah. Do you feel like as you've learned, you know, some of the like different things, whether it's by trial, by error, or just like you said, like observing other people, like if I were to, I'm not, we're not actually doing this. I don't want people to like hear this and think we're getting into the military. <laughs> Just like throwing that out for everyone. But if you had like Natalie a friend is not down, joining. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going military. But if you had like a friend sit down and be like, hey, we're about to like get into the military. What like tips or ideas would you like share with them on how to, maybe get started or kind of just, you know, embrace this idea of community and friendship at the very beginning? Yeah. uh, My advice would be that get involved quickly. Don't wait. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is no time to lose. (laughs) Uh, Sign up and get involved with a lot of things early on. And then as you learn what you do not enjoy, 
then you can decide not to continue in that. So for example, if you have the chance to be a part of a book club or, you know, like you're, you're, you're just gotten married or your spouse has just joined the air force or army or any one of the military branches and you've moved to a new place. If you have the opportunity to get involved in like a book club, go to a church, be part of a Bible study, apply for a job. Uh, you meet a random person at the grocery store and they're like, Oh, I'm from there too. Or, you know, I, I like to hike, you like to hike and you feel safe with that person. Watch out for predators. No, but if you feel safe with that (laughs) random person, then, um, then do it. You know, you can always go back later and be like, you know what? I think I'm glad I tried that Bible study, but I just don't know if that's a good fit for me anymore on Mm -hmm. Tuesday evenings. I'm not going to do that. It would be better. What I've learned for at least myself and for other military family members I've spoken to and military members is it's better to commit to multiple things at the beginning and then decide kind of pair back than it is to just dip one toe in the water. Uh, because when you just dip one toe in the water, you are really banking on the fact that that one thing you tried is going to be something that you enjoy, or it's going to allow you to build friendships. And when it doesn't work out, you're going to be like, I only have six months left here what am I even going to do? Like, I haven't really had the opportunity to build friendships. I think it's really, like you mentioned earlier, Natalie, easy to get in your head, which mm-hmm. is the mistake that I have made multiple times over. And uh, I would say that in California, that was when I was just, at that point, I had learned to just be relentlessly persistent about trying to get involved and build friendships. And that was very, very healthy for me. And the person that does that exceptionally well is my husband, Daniel. He's just very much like, he's actually, to meet him, you'd think he was very quiet, but um, he is always the first to be like, yes, I would love to come over. Or would you like to come over for dinner? Or yes, I'll meet you for coffee. He, He doesn't hesitate. And I think part of that's his personality, but I also think it's a learned skill. So yeah. he's learned that he, he will not have relationships and friendships if he is not willing to put himself out there. So that would be my advice. Just don't hesitate. If something is interesting to you, if you meet someone, invite them over to your house for dinner. Uh, be the one to drop off muffins on Valentine's Day. Uh, be the one to bring flowers or cookies to your neighbors. Just put yourself out there and people will reciprocate. That's so good, whether you're in the military or not. Like, that's yeah, convincing yes. for me to hear. I'm like, wow, you're right. Like, I need to be working on this stuff, too. Oh. Yeah, because I think as adults, friendships are hard. Mm-hmm. And I think just adding in the element of, like, new places and new new faces, you know, constantly changing where you're at and having to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it it would be even more of a struggle. But really, when you think about it out of, you know four people that you meet, you might really connect with one, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're only going to put yourself out there for one person, like the chance of that, of really making that connection is like less and less. So I think that's a really good point. And I think it's good for, you know, military, you know, families that are having to like start over constantly. But I think it's good for just all of us that are, you know, trying to create community, even if we've lived here for years and years, or we plan to live here for, you know, so much longer. So I think that's a really, really good point. 
And I so appreciate your honesty because I think it helps us specifically um, like wives outside of the military know how to love on military families better. You know, of like, Mm -hmm. if we hear of someone new in the neighborhood or nearby that's in the military of just like the good reminder of like, hey, like this can be hard that they're constantly moving and it, you know, empowers and enables us to take the first step of inviting them over Mm -hmm. instead of them always feeling like they have to be the, you know, ones pursuing other relationships. Oh, that's really kind of you. Yeah, I have to say it. It is, it can be a very isolating lifestyle. And it, I think the hardest part is feeling like an outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like that is something that every single person in regardless of jobs or anything like that in all areas of life at some point, we've all felt like an outsider. So uh, I think, again, it's been really helpful for me to realize like that I had the benefit in my life of being born and raised in the same place, going to college in the same state. I mean, I did not leave Colorado till I was 24. So that's where I was. I'd gone on vacation, but apart from a vacation, that's where I, I lived and I, I worked at a coffee shop. And then when I got my job after graduation, I worked across the street from the coffee shop at the courthouse. (laughs) And I knew the police officers. We lived up the street from the municipal court judge. I knew the DA. Like, that's just because that's the way towns are. I mean, you guys know where Castle Rock is. It's not that small, but it's small enough that if you've been there for 25 years, Mm -hmm. you're going to know everyone. And I think I never realized that I had a built-in community And yeah. And then the other piece, I know that this might make it, I don't want to confuse the podcast or make it chaotic. I was thinking about is when you asked about the hardest parts uh, and the things that were hard, Natalie, uh, definitely being away from family. I think I don't meant. uh, So again, what you said about like inviting people over, like I know so many military family members, spouses have shared with me, like that when someone invited them over, especially over the holidays, Like it meant so much to them just because if they weren't able to travel, they were feeling particularly lonely. Yeah. Those, those events can really trigger, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. fact that you're not with your family and like you wish you were. So it Mm -hmm. makes a big difference to like open up your home and be like, Hey, come have Thanksgiving with us, you know, Mm -hmm. be a part of the family for sure. So a question that we really like to ask people that come on our show is what is something in your life right now that you are simplifying? (laughs) <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't simplify anything. I'm just <laughs> I am one of the most chaotic, complex people since we're being honest about the way this all call started with things shutting down. I wish I could say it's the only time in my life things like that happen, but mm-hmm. I think like I was made for chaos and chaos was made for me. Um, but I don't particularly enjoy chaos. So that's a great question that I appreciate. Um, Something that I'm simplifying is, this is going to sound a little abstract, but expectations. Mm. I, my expectations of other people and my expectations of myself. And what I mean by that is, um, the reason I would choose expectations is because I think it, it affects every area of my life. So an example would be, I have an expectation of myself to not have people over unless my house is perfect. And I am simplifying 
my expectations to say like, it's okay. Things don't have to be perfect for me to have people over. Um, or I'm expecting other people uh, to maybe like invite me to something and I'm simplifying my expectations and I'm choosing to be the one to initiate the friendship. So I guess that that's the best thing I could think of right now is that yeah. I've been really simplifying um, my expectations, mostly of, of myself, that I don't need to have everything perfect all the time for things to be good. Um, mm -hmm. Good and perfect are not the same thing. And uh, I think it's been one of the most difficult things to learn, but it's also been extremely freeing. And when I am able to like exhale and like really believe that, then I find that by default, everything else in my life becomes more simplified because I don't yes. have to make the food perfect. I don't have to make the activity perfect or even today being my husband's birthday. I don't have to make it perfect. Uh, and we actually have ended up having more fun than we normally yeah. have because I'm not stressed out. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like that's a hard mm -hmm. one for a lot of people is to lower the expectation of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think I can, mm -hmm. for myself, I can take it even a step further than saying like good is different than perfect. I think excellent and perfect can be different things. Like something can mm -hmm. still be excellent oh. and it doesn't have to be perfect because I'm right there with you with thinking like, yeah. well, I can't have it. I can't have people over for dinner because I can't execute <laughs> this perfect meal. Mm -hmm. When it's like, really, we could just order pizza and then that's just mm -hmm. a bunch of stress off of everybody, you know? Yeah. You can use plates, whatever. So I think that, mm -hmm. you know, excellence can exist outside of perfection. And um, like I can mm -hmm. say it, but it doesn't mean I believe it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like that. That's really good. I'm, I'm actually going to really write that down, that excellence um, is different from perfection and that something doesn't have to be perfect to be excellent. That's really nice. I like that. Oh, speaking of which, I, if you're looking for some, for a podcast about like simplifying and it's mostly on decision-making, I love um, Emily P. Freeman. So I pretty much have oh, stolen yes. half the things that I've said from the Next Right Thing podcast. So I actually That's just coached them, put them in my own words. <laughs> so I've been listening to that and then been trying to simplify a little bit. <laughs> I love that. That's a great one. Okay. So hopefully this question's easier than the simplifying question. What's something you're just loving right now? It could be anything. Ooh, um, bread. <laughs> Love it. Bread. Speaking yes. my language. <laughs> That's funny because I've been bread. sitting here thinking about the piece of toast I'm going to go make as soon as we jump really? off the <laughs> Do you butter your toast, but jam on your toast, all of the above? Yeah. Butter and jam for sure. Yes. So funny. Yes. That's the way to do it. I don't, I've been just like so into, I like laugh because I collect like luxury baking flowers and they really are like, I will order overpriced baking flowers <laughs> and then I will just like experiment making bread. And the other day, Daniel and I were like, we don't have hobbies. Like we need hobbies. We're in our thirties. We need hobbies. And we realized we actually, my hobby is probably bread. Like I tell you, I get more excited about bread, making bread. It's very tactile and calming. 
So yes, bread just brings me so much joy right now, making it and especially eating it. (laughs) (laughs) Did it start with the pandemic when it became like the trend to make bread at home? Or have you been doing this pre-2020? I feel so cool. I've been doing it pre-2020. Okay, so you started the trend. Yes. I I wish. I was like, I should have started my bread blog so many years ago. Those bread blogging people... They were like, uh, they didn't even know they were like cutting edge ahead of their time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, but I do, I have to say that 2020 upped my bread game just because everyone was making so many amazing sourdoughs. I was in awe, especially on like Instagram, these photos, I was grabbing a, the, the raise, Daniel's razors, like clean ones, not used, but you know, like the straight razors. So I could like do designs just like Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> So fun. Love it. Well, this has been so much fun getting to chat with you and just, I don't know, we've covered a lot of different things and it's, um, I don't know, it's been encouraging for me to see how, even though I'm not in the military, I feel like I've been able to really like learn and just glean a lot from you and just kind of hearing your heart and your honesty has really put a lot of things in perspective for me. So thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I have to say, I like really enjoy listening to your podcast and Mm. I love like reading on your blog and website. And so thank you so much for having me. I count it a huge honor and um, yeah, thank you. And I'm so glad I got to actually like meet you over video, Natalie. It's crazy that we lived in the same (laughs) state and we never met in person. Like, come on, that's so bizarre that we're all from Colorado. We just... But maybe someday we'll cross paths in person. Yes. Yes, that would be fun. As I was chatting with Anna and Elizabeth today, I couldn't help but think back over just this past year and how much has changed um, as we approach the year mark of when, you know, the nation shut down and COVID just kind of changed how things operate and how we interact with each other. We went through such an up and down roller coaster. I know for me personally, especially with community. And it was just interesting sitting and being able to chat with Anna and Elizabeth and, you know, chat over coffee. And even though we weren't physically together, having the virtual option to just be able to jump on a call like this and share our hearts and just feel like we were in each other's houses. It was so encouraging. And I just think it's been so fascinating and um, uplifting to see how we have been able to, as a country and really as a world, just start to embrace um, all of these different virtual avenues and still pursue community during a time of COVID. And with that being said, I also know some people listening in might be feeling the opposite, you know, of being feeling like they're really distant and just um, they've lost community and they've lost being in touch with other relationships and people this year. And I hope um, this conversation with Anna just encouraged you and uplifted you. I really appreciated Anna's honesty and just how open she was and candid she was about how challenging it can be to make friends within the military and just um, how it can be hard when you're constantly moving or just unsure where you're going to be or how long you're going to be in a place. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, whether you're in the military or not. And some of the takeaways that stood out to me that she shared, the biggest one was just being willing and vulnerable to jump all in 
right away, <laughs> no matter how long you might be in an area, um, whether you move around a lot, or maybe you don't move around a lot, but just having the strength and the vulnerability to be able to jump in and try new things just for the sole purpose of pursuing community and friendship. And whether that would be like a book club or a new group or maybe new play dates, or maybe it's a virtual group that you meet, you know, monthly via Zoom or something virtual. I just loved her perspective on jumping all in at the very beginning. And then if something comes up, then being willing to scale back, but it's harder to start on that scaled back um, aspect at the beginning and then add more to your plate. So that was a really great way for me to think about it, of just jumping all in. And then if I have to scale back, I can, but being willing to go head first, kind of in the deep end and really just intentionally pursuing community with whatever stage of life I'm in. The second thing that really stood out to me was just um, I myself, though I'm not in the military, how I can love on other military wives better and just families that are in the military or even if it's just families that move around a lot, maybe for jobs or just to the stage of life they're in, just being willing to open up um, my home if possible or even just um, kind of the community and relationship of being able to pursue friendships and reaching out to them maybe to drop off a meal or just to say hi and be welcoming to new people in the area. I think it's a really good and important reminder right now, just that even though we physically might be able to not be able to see other people, people are still going through really big changes and new stages of life. And it's just important that we are able to come together and be together during COVID, even when all of this has passed and maybe COVID is no longer a thing, I know that's hard for us to even think about, just being willing to be the first one to open up the conversation and introduce yourself and kind of put yourself out there because often others are just really desiring that, but they might not know how to start. I really hope you were able to take some nuggets away as you just listened in and hopefully it helps you consider the relationships in your life currently. And um, I just want to challenge you to pursue authentic relationship because it's worth it. No matter what stage of life you're in, no matter how long you're going to be in the physical place you're in, um, it is always worth pursuing friendship and community.